scripture today is coming from Micah 5, 2 through 5. But you, Bethlehem Ephrath, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor gives birth, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach the ends of the earth, and he will be their peace. Would the kids like to come up just for a minute? Is it going to hurt the rail if I sit on here? I might just squat down because if I sit down on this robe, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> I'll never get up. Well, have any of you, well, you, everything's a surprise to you right now. Everything's new to you, I bet. Are you really Santa's favorite? I see your shirt says Santa's favorite. Well, if you are, I need, maybe you can put in a good word for me. Maybe. Have, have you ever had a surprise that just kind of came out of nowhere? Like you weren't expecting it and it was just like, where did that come from? And, and, and a good surprise. A good one? Well, that's, that is part of the story of Christmas. Hi there, how are you doing? Oh, I like that shirt. My son would like that shirt. He likes dinosaurs. Yeah, and I like your shirt too. <laughs> Yeah, you're Santa's favorite, I remember. Um, that's part of the good news of the story of the manger and the story of Christmas in Bethlehem is that Bethlehem was just a little bitty town. And other than David, nothing really ever, ever came from there. And yet, that is the town where God had his son born. And from there, he would come and save the world. And so one thing to remember is that it doesn't matter how small something is or how small someone may seem. God can do great things through them. And always be prepared to expect the unexpected from God because that is how God likes to do things best. And so as we get even closer to Christmas now, just always have your eyes open for the little things that God does they just kind of come out of nowhere. Okay? Let's pray. Most gracious and loving God, Lord, thank you for these children that are here today. We just pray that you be with them and bless them. And we just uh, pray that you continue to work in their lives. And we just thank you for the witness that they bring. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Apologize if I'm a little disorganized today. Um, we are recording. Uh, usually, uh, most of the time, some of you know I've been recording the messages for a podcast. And generally, I record from Sandoval because 
Scott at uh, Sandal, he already records me off of the computer there so I can just download it. But um, they're doing their children's program today, so I'm going to record it here. And that's why I had to come up with my phone while Tom was reading scripture. So I hope I didn't catch you off guard with that too much. Today's message is called Goodness Out of Nowhere. When people are getting to know each other, one of the more common questions that comes up is, where are you from? People ask you, where are you from? Today, more often than not, this question is interpreted as, where do you live? We don't think in terms of place of birth so much. Me, I was born in uh, Houston, Missouri. And if you want to get really specific, Houston, Missouri, Texas County. And just a few of the things that uh, Houston is famous for is a clown named Emmett Kelly. Um, Also, uh, my dad was delivered by the doctor that was Harry S. Truman's personal physician uh, when he was president. And that's where he was from, was Houston, Missouri. And the hospital that I was born in was uh, pushed through and helped built by the guy that was Harry S. Truman's personal physician. So that's a few of the... Mom, can you think of anything else? There's not, not much else to say about Houston, Missouri. I have a tendency to affectionately refer to Missouri as my home state, with no offense to Illinois. That's just what I've always uh, looked at as, as my home state. So where the majority of my family are both living and dead. In the times of the Bible where one was born had a lot of significance, it told you who you were related to and potentially your status in life as well. If you were born in Jerusalem, for instance, by the time of the prophets, you may have been a royal or you may have been part of the priesthood. Other towns had less of a reputation. We know that by the time of Jesus' life, Nazareth was considered a backwater. I believe it was Philip that said, what good has ever came out of that part of the country? And Bethlehem was another one of these places. So it's one of the little ironies that God brings the fullness of his essence into being, into human time and space, in the tiny little cow town, or more accurately, sheep town, of Bethlehem. It will speak much about who the future Messiah King will be and what his purpose is going to be, and it is naturally going to be a story of turning the world upside down. Now, our scripture today is from Micah, and like Isaiah, Micah will spend much of his writing speaking on the upcoming judgment of Israel and Judah for their misdeeds. We know from Isaiah and we glean from Micah that, again, the major problems in Jerusalem and Judah were that they were worshiping other gods. And you have to understand that what that implies is that they sacrificed children to these other gods. And 
also, they abused the poor. Uh, There's talk about the use of dishonest weights and measures and cheating those who were lower on the economic scale. So Micah and Isaiah both are really going to rail about these things. One of the famous verses in Micah, passages in Micah, is he says, You know, man, what is good. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. The old sins of idolatry and cheating and mistreating each other, especially the poor, you could see Micah inferring these here. It's kind of like saying, you know what you should be doing. You know this isn't right. You know the way that you treat each other isn't right. You know that you're not loving God with your whole heart. You know that you are not loving your neighbor as yourself. Micah in particular has very strong words for the leadership in Judah. He in particular goes after the leaders. He says, you who hate good and love evil. That's about as strong a condemnation as you can make towards any person. But suddenly, in the midst of all this, You get this passage in chapter 5. But out of you, Bethlehem, shall come a new ruler. It's like he's gone on and on talking about all of the problems of the day. But then he's saying, but. But God's going to do something about it. God is going to do something about it out of the littlest, dinkiest town of the day. If we're honest, I think we could say that we live in a society that very much seems to hate good and love evil. We hear daily about officials at various levels of government that have broken the public trust in order to benefit themselves. And though we must be careful about taking prophecies directed towards ancient Israel and trying to apply them to today, I have to admit I catch myself at times wondering if we are living in an age of judgment, much like what God promises in Micah. Not necessarily coming from God directly, but an age of judgment derived from the consequences of our deliberate sinfulness as a people, and as a society. We have forgotten, and we need to remember, to do justly, to love people as well as proclaim God's truth, regardless of how unpopular it is, to to love mercy, offer hope to all people, regardless of the color, creed, or nationality of them. And we need to remember to walk humbly with God, And realize that we are fallen very far short of his glory and his mark. We must be willing to cry out for the one who was and is to come.
A lot of the good news that we get from Micah, because like so many of the prophets, much of what the prophets say is directed towards addressing the problems of the day. So you have to to be on the lookout for the good news, but it's there. And to me, the greatest good news here is the strangeness of the Messiah coming from Bethlehem. It's strange because one would think that the coming king would come out of Jerusalem, the city of priests and kings. One would think that the promised Messiah would come to somewhere more prestigious than a little wide spot in the road that is famous mainly for keeping sheep. And yet it makes sense. Because who was David? This is David's hometown. Who was David before he was king? He was a shepherd. David, who was considered the greatest king in Israel's history, wasn't born in Jerusalem. He was born in Bethlehem. And so it makes sense that the second David, who is to be greater than David, would come from the same place. To come from Bethlehem implies a connection to that rural pastoral shepherd background. And when we think of one coming from Bethlehem being a shepherd king and contrast that with how Micah describes the rulers of the day, those who hate good and love evil, instead we are given a shepherd who cares for the least, who cares for the weak, strengthens them, protects them, guides and directs them. We think of the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. We are told that he shall be called peace in Micah. And in Hebrew, the word for peace is shalom. And it it means much more than just a cessation of conflict. It means much more than calm. It means wholeness. It means completeness. It means an end to the brokenness that we see so much in the world. And so when we think of it like that, in spite of the oddness of coming from Bethlehem, it makes perfect sense. For as we will see in Jesus, one who is humble and obedient unto death, even death on the cross compassionate to those who are less fortunate, who had no one to speak up for them. This idea of lordship that Jesus will model in his life runs in complete contrast with the rulers of Micah's day. And if we're honest, let's just say it of ours as well. We lit the pink candle of joy today, meaning that Christmas is right around the corner. We have one more candle to light before the celebration of Christmas Eve. 
And as we get closer to the celebration of Christmas, the words of the prophet Micah offer a call to the church to renew their commitment to justice, mercy, and humility. To strive to be the hands and feet of Jesus until his return. And as I prepare to close, I just want to remark that his imminent return should be an event that is ever present on our minds. Something that is looked to with longing for the day when Christ will bring peace and wholeness for all times and forevermore. Amen.